0: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell, with iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama before we get started on today's podcast please help me welcome he's a six foot three sophomore parade all-american and rivals five-star recruit a fantastic insurance agent and a great American ladies and gentlemen I give you the incomparable Bradley flowers how are you Bradley I'm great Scott how are you today man I am doing fans super tabulous I am excited to be here today fired up for you agents to get to listen to the to the guy that we're about to have on the podcast today guys before we get started why are we doing this podcast? Our mission on this podcast is to help you insurance agents uh, in any way that we can, whether it's in sales, whether it's in marketing, digital, hiring, firing, accounting. Uh, learning more about products and services that are available out there, whether it's on the property and casualty side or the life and financial services side. And before we get started today, we are blessed and we are honored to have somebody on the podcast today that I'm excited to have on. He is the president of David McKnight and Company. He's been in the financial planning and services area for about 20 years now. He has written a book called The Power of Zero that is in the process of being turned into a documentary and I think that he can teach us all some things today about how to protect your retirement savings from the impact of rising taxes and to help everybody with their retirement and as an agent help you teach other people out there about those same things. So before we get started today ladies and gentlemen I give you the incomparable Mr. David McKnight. How are you David?
1: Good, Scott. Thanks so much for having me today,
0: man. Thank you so much for being here. As I said off air, I am humbled and blessed to have you here with us today. Um, you know, I I think one thing that Bradley and I try to do in every podcast is we we ask our guests to kind of get back in their DeLorean and their time machine and go back to the time when you started in the insurance industry and tell us a little bit about you know, how you got started, how that happened and kind of take us up to today and where you are today.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that anybody ends up in the financial services or insurance industry on purpose. (laughs) So I, you know, I I graduated from BYU in 1997 and I had, I majored in Italian. I minored in Spanish. I was utterly unemployable. The only company that would really uh, offer me a job was MetLife out mm. of Salt Lake City, so I started on with MetLife selling VUL at fifty bucks a pop, uh, fifty dollars a month. to All my uh, my cohorts that were also uh, you know in college at the time, and that I, I somehow managed to survive the first two years.
2: For your I friends told, and family, huh? <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. Bless their souls. Uh, and and I was told when I first, you know, went to the MetLife insurance school for two weeks, they said, "Dave, we don't think, we don't think you're going to make it. We don't think you're cut out for the industry." Mm. Uh, wow. So so the the odds were already incredibly long to survive in this industry, and then to have people tell you that you're probably not going to make it was was pretty disheartening. Mm. So it gave me even more fuel to want to succeed and. You know, here I am, 20 years later. I'm still in the industry. I'm a you know multi top of the table qualifier, which is just which isn't to you know be braggadocious. It's just to say that if somebody tells you you can't survive or you can't do it, don't put any stock in what they're saying because you know if it is to be, it's up to me. And and I somehow managed to find a way to not only survive but thrive in the industry and find some systems and some concepts and some paradigms that have helped. Really, hundreds and even thousands of people uh, really uh, get better prepared for retirement.
2: My co-host calls that rocket fuel when somebody Mm -hmm. tells you you can't do something. Well,
0: I will bet any amount of money you want to bet that that experience of them telling you you weren't going to make it has been a driving force every day when your feet hit the ground and what you've been able to accomplish since that time.
1: No, no question, and it's not just in the industry, but it's anything else in life. When somebody says, says "Hey, you can't do that," you sort of harness all that. I like—I don't know if you ever watched that movie, uh, Water Boy? He called it tackling fuel, right? Yep. So he gives, gives you tackling, <laughs> tackling fuel uh, to go out and, and accomplish uh, difficult tasks and to do things. You know, when someone says I can't do something, it's just all the more reason why I want to get go out and get it done.
0: So I apologize if you've already said this, but what year did you go out, branch out, and start? the david mcknight and company when when did you do that
1: so it was october 1997 97 oh oh, okay. I, oh i'm sorry when did i when did i branch out and do david mcknight so yeah. i was with metlife for two years i was with john hancock for two years and then i went independent after that so really david mcknight and company is uh, about 2003 so i've been on my own for about 15 years
0: gotcha gotcha so so we've written a book and our mission on this podcast is to help insurance agents And that includes life and financial services. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think from the emails that I get and see, I get more questions from life and financial services people than I do anybody. get a lot of those because I think – you know, in the independent insurance industry
2: as far as PNC goes, there's a lot of resources and I don't know that there those are quite prevalent in the life side of it. I w- I would agree with that. Yeah. So
0: so David, you wrote this book, The Power of Zero. Tell us how that came about. I wanna, I want to I want to learn more about that. I want to learn, you know, that being turned into a documentary. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. And then also, I want us to be able to help those guys and girls that are in the financial services sector take the principles that you teach and apply those you know, with their clients to be able to help them sell more financial services insurance.
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit of the story about how I decided to write the book, and it's and it actually has to do with a friend of your program, Tom Hegna. I was actually at uh, a Tom Hegna presentation through an FMO, you know, maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. and at the end of Tom's presentation, which was just pure genius, by the way, I think he's just one of the best out there. He's also in our upcoming film. Oh yeah, um, he's he he says, "Hey, for those of you." who have clients that weren't able to be here today and, and they want to, and you want to sort of convey the essence of this presentation. I've put my presentation into a book formatted. by the way, you can buy that book at the back of the room and you can buy them in 10s, 20s, 50s, <laughs> or 100s. So I said, well, well there's a concept. Yeah. And so I had sort of perfected a presentation of my own that I had, um, pre- presented at all sorts of different meetings all across the country. And so I thought, you know what, I can, I can probably do something similar because not everybody's going to have the benefit of seeing my presentation. Why not have the benefit of reading the book or, or the book version of the presentation? So I sat down and I regurgitated everything that was in my head. It took me about a week to write the book. I threw it out on Amazon, uh, crossed my fingers, hope people will buy it. And uh, much to my utter disbelief, Insurance agents started to to buy it, and here we are four years later. It sold 150,000 copies. The updated, revised version of it just got acquired by Penguin Random House. That came out two weeks ago. Um, So it's a it's a book that exceeded all my wildest expectations. But I think the reason it's doing so well is because insurance for insurance agents and financial advisors, it, it tells a story in a fairly succinct way that's sometimes hard to to explain in you know a really cogent way. And so, in essence, the, the gist of the book is, hey, most of the experts out there agree on one thing. And when I say experts, I'm talking experts in academia, experts in politics, experts at think tanks, experts in within our industry. We all have studied the math and the fiscal path of our country. And the smartest people in the world are saying, hey, look, we have promised way more than we can afford to deliver mm. for Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid. And by the way, we have $21 trillion of debt. And the only reason we've been able to sustain this much debt is because we've been at historically low interest rates. As interest rates rise, we're probably going to see four interest rate hikes this year. The cost of servicing that debt, if we just return to historically normal interest rate levels, could quadruple. Mm-hmm. And the cost of the interest is going to crowd all of these other budgets out of the – all these other items out of the budget. And we will have no choice but to raise taxes, most most of these experts agree that we could double taxes within the next ten years. If that's the case, what are our clients going to do, who have the lion's share of their retirement and things like four hundred one ks and IRAs, where they haven't paid the tax yet? Mm. They're going to have half as much money as they thought they were, uh, given how much taxes they're likely going to have to pay.
0: Wow, and so and so, okay. There's step one, is understanding you know exactly what where we are and so i think that's that's pretty much you know a given uh step 2 is so so i'm going to assume that your book uh describes in detail okay well here's what's going to happen so how do we how do we combat that <laughs>
1: Yeah. So the analogy I, I give is, you know, I was, I was telling this. Uh, I, I tell in my presentation in the book. Look, a couple of years ago, I was watching the Road Runner, and Wiley Coyote was, of course, trying to kill the road, road Runner. He was building a bomb with which to which to do so, and he was building inside a shack or a shed. Uh, And he was so intent and focused on finishing that that bomb that he didn't realize that the roadrunner had pushed his shed onto a train track. (laughs) And uh, he was so focused and intent on finishing this bomb that he also didn't realize that the There was a huge freight train bearing down on them. (laughs) And I always ask people, hey, if you found yourselves on a train track with a huge freight train bearing down on you, what would you do? Of course, the answer is you jump out of the way. You you haul yourself to safety. Well, what did the coyote do? Instead of jumping out of the way, he simply pulled down the window shade Mm. thinking that the act of doing so would make the problem go away. Did the problem go away? No, there was a huge explosion. And, you know, the coyote never really dies, but, you know, he was in pretty bad shape. And the reason I tell this analogy, because as Americans who do most of our saving for retirement in tax deferred vehicles like 401ks and IRAs, we have a freight train bearing down on us and it's coming in the form of higher taxes. And so the question really should be, if we're all sitting on the train tracks with money in 401ks and IRAs, how can we get their assets off the train tracks, mm-hmm. and what does life insurance have to do with it? So so really, it comes down to recognizing, number one, that there's a tax rate train that's approaching. Um, number two, that in a rising tax rate environment, you should only have so much money in your taxable accounts, like your emergency funds, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, but in your 401ks and IRAs, there's, there should really be a prescribed amount of money you should have in that tax-deferred bucket, and... That really, for most people, is going to be two hundred fifty to $350,000. I mean, you don't want RMDs coming out of that thing at 70 and a dollars that are going to be so big that they overwhelm your standard deduction. So there it, it, it can, it can be some complexity here, but the point is, look, tax rates are going to be much higher in the future than you think they are. And if that's the case, you need to start systematically transitioning dollars from tax-deferred to tax-free. And by the way, one of the best tax-free vehicles out there is what I call the Life Insurance Retirement Plan, or LIRP, which is basically a maximum-funded cash-value life insurance policy. Mm -hmm.
2: Are we staying under the MEC line, going over the MEC line?
1: No, we want to keep it tax free. So we want to, we want to keep it, uh, you know, we want to fund it right up to that maximum level that the IRS allows you, but not one penny above and beyond.
0: Mm. I love it. So if you were talking to a group of financial services agents, okay, I've got one that lives right next door to me, just joined with MetLife about three weeks ago and he's in their, their agency program right now. Uh, what would you tell them in terms of as they go out into the big bad world and they're selling retirement vehicles to people and, and life insurance and all those products that they have to sell? Tell us kind of what your theory is on how, how they should set those those things up for people.
1: Yeah, so I will tell you, you can sort of figure out what most financial advisors are talking about these days by going and looking at your mail and looking at the invitations that you get to the local restaurants in your community for those webinars or for those, uh, not webinars, but workshops. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to find is that most of those guys are talking about income, they're talking about annuities, they're talking about Social Security. Mm -hmm. Well, those things are all great in a flat or a declining tax rate environment, but in a rising tax rate environment, you should be talking about how to shift money from tax-deferred to tax-free. If you do that as a financial advisor, you will be a red canary in a yellow canary world. You will not have any competition because everybody and their dog is talking about annuities and uh, Social Security. Find a way to set yourself apart from the competition, and you'll be able to, you know, you'll have to be beating people away with a broom because you're going to mm. have so many people that want to talk with you.
0: I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the book. The book is being turned into a documentary. Tell our audience, you know, The Power of Zero. When will that be completed? Where where can they go to watch it? Is it going to be just a DVD that you sell on Amazon? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so the movie is actually already done. Got the ahead. movie is wrapped up. Um, if financial advisors or insurance agents uh, want to watch the movie, They can go to thetaxtrain.com. That's thetaxtrain.com. They can opt into the movie, uh, and they can watch it for free. If you opt in on any given day, the password that you'll get in your email uh, is only good for that day, so you got to watch it by midnight midnight that day. And you'll be able to watch the full movie uh, and buy DVDs as well. But the real thing that, that I'm very excited about is, you know, if you want to show a documentary in movie theaters across the country, it costs you 10 million bucks. I mean, that's why only Michael Moore can do uh, documentaries in movie theaters these mm-hmm. days, right? He's mm-hmm. the only one that does it. To be able to do it, you got to have 10 million bucks. But there's a backdoor approach. For example, there's a website called Tug.com. That's T-U-G-G.com. And they have relationships with 95% of the movie theaters across the country. You can actually go to Tug.com and you can look up The Power of Zero and you can say, hey, I want to host a viewing of The Power of Zero in my local community. And if you can buy 70 tickets, get 70 people to show up, they'll actually hold the screening and you'll be able to hold. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, Tom Hegna, Ed Slot, Van Miller, David Walker, Larry Kotlikoff, George Schultz, Every, all these experts in academia, they're all in the movie. If you were going to if you were gonna pay these people to come speak to your clients, the total cumulative speaking fees would be over $100,000. Wow. These people are all in the movie. They're all singing the same song, looking at the same data, saying tax rates are going to go up, if not double. And you get to show all of these guys in one movie to your clients. Can you imagine how powerful that can be?
2: By, a- by the way, for the listeners, he does have a Scott Howell that is one of the speakers. It is not this Scott Howell. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's wow. a
1: different Scott
0: Howell. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I, I just find all of this to be amazing. I, Now, I,
2: uh, go ahead. Are, are, is this going on anything like Netflix by any chance?
1: You know, it used to be that Netflix was where movies went to die. Um, yeah. You know, once you sold all your DVDs and once you did your video on demand and once the theater run was over, then it would end up on Netflix. Well, Netflix, it's getting harder and harder to get onto Netflix because Netflix is starting to just create their own content they're not mm. interested in other people's content they're just interested in creating their own content so it's becoming harder and harder to get onto um, to um to netflix but you know we've got the dvd that people can hand out to clients it's going to be appearing in the theater it will be appearing in, in, in video on demand on amazon before too long and in apple and all these other places so there's going to be all sorts of different places that people can um can watch
2: the movie so man how do you even go about starting this project
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That's an interesting question. You need, if you're going to do a documentary about the national debt and about the future of tax rates in our country, you better have some pretty credible people. And when the the movie producer and I, the movie director, Doug Orchard and I started off, we didn't have anybody. Mm. And so... We had to start off, you know, David Walker uh, helped edit one of the chapters in my book um, when it first came out four years ago. So I so I got a hold of David Walker on Facebook, of all places. I said, hey, we're, uh, we're filming this movie. He said, well, come out to my house in Connecticut. You can film me. So we did that. And he said, well, hey, have you talked to uh, Larry Kotlikoff? And so we called up Larry Kotlikoff and said, hey, Dave Walker's in the movie. Do you want to be in the movie? So Larry Kotlikoff said, sure, I'll be in the movie. So we interviewed Larry Kotlikoff. And Larry Kotlikoff said, hey. There's a guy that really needs him to be in this movie. He's one of the brightest minds in the world. And yes, he's still alive. His name is George Schultz, former secretary of state. He is 98 years old. He's with the Hoover institution out on Stanford university. So we flew out there, we interviewed him and guess what? When you get George Schultz, you can get just about anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. once you get George Schultz, you can get Ed slot. you can get Tom Hegna, you can get Don Blanton, you can get all of these people. And so it's just an all-star, you know, studded lineup of people all appearing in the same movie. And it's just incredibly powerful.
0: David, are you are you meeting and talking to clients still? Or are you just crisscrossing the United States on on, on speaking engagements? Yeah so, I,
1: yeah, so I still do a lot of group presentations to clients. Uh-huh. I don't do as much face-to-face with the clients themselves. I'm still uh, speaking to groups of, of clients, you know, I've I've got two of those this week. I've got a couple next week. So I do about 70 presentations a year.
0: So help me out here. Okay. I'm, I'm 46 years old. I don't know if you can do this over the phone or not, but I I love trying to get people to do stuff like this. I'm 46 years old, you know, without knowing specifics about, you know, financials, I I guess you would probably need to, but I was going to ask for a 46 year old, if you were going to design a a program for me in terms of my financial retirement, in terms of buckets of where money that's a should good be. Question: What would you do there for a forty-six-year-old that's making, you know, let's just call it one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year? What would you? What would you? Where would you yeah, put so me? that's
1: a good question. You know, so you know, obviously, it's hard to give a you know a real prescription, not knowing a sure. ton about the client. But sure. I, I will tell you this: there are a couple of rules to follow. If all you talk about with an advisor, or sorry, with a client, is life insurance, you look like a life insurance salesman. Right. Um, nobody wants to hand their life savings over to someone who looks like a life insurance salesman. So really, it's really important that you take a balanced approach to tax free retirement. Um, I'm talking. Yes, life insurance is a part of it, but we're talking Roth IRAs, Roth conversions, Roth 401Ks. If you can get your balance in your IRA or 401K low enough, then your RMDs can be offset by uh, your standard deduction in retirement. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you have those four or five streams of tax-free income... They don't show up on the IRS's radar as what we call provisional income. Mm. Provisional income is the income the IRS keeps track of to determine if they're going to tax your Social Security. So you have all these streams of tax-free income. And all of a sudden now your Social Security is tax-free. And having your Social Security tax-free can extend your retirement by five to seven years. Wow. So, So we just want to have... Multiple streams of tax-free income, none of which show up on the IRS's radar, but all of which contribute to you being in the zero percent tax bracket. And yes, in many cases, it's impossible to get to what I call the zero percent tax bracket mm-hmm. without uh, using life insurance.
0: So, what what's the minimum that somebody would need to put with you to get started with your with your particular uh, with your financial firm?
1: Yeah, so typically, you know, we're dealing with people that are between 50 and 65. You know, a lot of the premise of The Power of Zero is... In a rising tax rate environment, you can have too much money in your taxable and tax-deferred bucket, in which case you should be systematically repositioning dollars to tax-free. Well, guess what? If you have less than $250,000, you're already experiencing the power of zero, the power of zero percent tax rate. You just don't have enough money. So we're really looking for people that have more than $250,000 that can systematically reposition dollars to tax-free. So we can peel off a portion of that shift and put it into life insurance.
0: I got you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I really, really, really appreciate you being on the podcast today, I think that all these life insurance guys are, and and financial planning guys that I know that that listen to our podcast, I'm going to highly encourage you guys to go out and go to www.thetaxtrain.com. Uh, David, if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, whether it's somebody wanting to put some money with you or whether they just have questions for you or they want to talk about a book, want to buy a book, what's the best place to get in touch with you?
1: So the best place to get one copy of the book would be uh, amazon.com. If, Mm -hmm. um, if advisors want to get multiple copies of the book uh, and they get bulk discounts, they can go to uh, the com. If uh, clients uh, or advisors want to get a hold of me, they can go to davidmcknight.com. That's M C K N I G H T.com. So there's lots of different ways to get a hold of me.
0: Gotcha. Well, man, we appreciate you being on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Guys, get your ass out from behind your desk and get out there and go sell some insurance and financial services. Make money for your family. Write good business for the agency that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks, David. David, have a great day. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com.